Grace and mercy and peace and true rest are all yours from God our Father, through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. God's word for his people today is from our gospel lesson from Matthew chapter 11. Just one verse there. Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. This is God's word. Loved ones, have you ever experienced a a come-to-Jesus moment? It's become so popular to say it that way that you hardly need to even be a Christian or expect that that is some sort of religious experience to say that. For example, you might have a young man dating a young woman who's not necessarily treating her poorly, but he's not really treating her all that well either. He quickly caves into to pressure to go out for beers with his boss or his buddies before he, he goes out with her and he'll cancel plans. He tries to plan fun things for her, but it's more fun for him and he doesn't really gauge her reaction or anything. And when it comes time to go to the, the in-law's house or do things with her family, eh, he quickly finds excuses not to do it. And then, all of a sudden, she gets a job offer out of state. And he has a come-to-Jesus moment. He has to decide, is he going to pursue her? Is he going to put work into this relationship? Is he going to go after her? It really just describes something that's kind of an intense, a decision point in a person's life, a a come-to-Jesus moment. Now, Jesus never promised that he was going to keep every dating couple together. But he does promise us something today with the words, come to me. He promises that every opportunity, every day really is an opportunity for a a, a come to Jesus moment in the real and truest and most important sense of the words. And he does, first of all, with a prayer for you. And second of all, he does it with an invitation to you. You can sense some frustration in the voice of Jesus at this point in his ministry. He has been spending about two years and, and word had, preaching and teaching and word had naturally been spreading all over the place that there was this, this miracle working preacher who was more concerned about telling you that your sins were forgiven than, than making you follow made up church rules and policies. Word was also spreading on purpose though. As he was preaching and teaching, he was also training his disciples to go out on their own, and he paired them up and sent them out, two by two, on their own mission trips to spread the news that he, the promised Savior, that that their ancestors had been waiting for for thousands of years, was finally here. And what could be more exciting than that? What could bring a person to repentance more than that? How could they not be just elated about that? And yet not everybody was. For instance, his cousin John went out and preached the same message Jesus did and he got thrown into prison. And people criticized him because he he lived alone, never drank. And yet at the same time, they were ignoring Jesus because he did just the opposite. And Jesus did what he needed to at that time. Even though they were ignoring miracles that were being done right in front of their faces, Jesus warned them. He warned them that they were asking God to ignore them on the last day. 
And then, after what I would imagine was a kind of a sigh and a close of his eyes, Jesus did what God wants all of us to do when we are frustrated. He prayed. He prayed out loud so that people around him could hear what he was praying, but, but he prayed. And this was not a prayer of complaint or frustration that you might expect. He, he, he began, first of all, with a prayer of praise. And what he did was he praised God for his plans. Even if Jesus was frustrated at this time, he praised God for the way that he saves people. He says, I praise you, Father, for no one knows the Son except the Father. And no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son desires to reveal him. In other words, Jesus was saying, how wonderful it is, God, that your way of saying people is by revealing it to, the, to us, not by expecting us to just figure it out on our own. No wonder Jesus would marvel at the way that God would, would come to us in a miraculous way, because if it were up to us, we would never be sure if we were really saved. If it were up to us to try to figure it out. If only those who are, are able to mentally grasp the deepest truths of the Bible were saved, how would you ever be sure that you knew enough? If only those that are able to, to mentally grasp the, the deep truths of the Bible were saved, what about babies? What about those who have mentally, mental developmental problems? What about those who are aging and losing their memory. What God does when he connects us to himself is he comes to us in a miraculous way, in, the, in, in a simple way. It's not after long years of hard study and searching, but through simple acts of pouring some water on someone's head, of taking a bite of bread and wine, of cracking open a book on a regular basis, that God works this miraculous connection in us to him called faith. And this, this is what makes the Father smile. This is what made Jesus praise him. He said, Lord of heaven and earth, you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, this was for your good pleasure. Think about that for a second. Jesus was praising God for doing things in a way that we don't expect. Of course, isn't that not what brings praise out of us, but sometimes brings frustration out of us? Isn't that sometimes what keeps us from doing the things that, that strengthen our faith is that God does them differently than we think he should? Isn't that what keeps us sometimes from praying? That God's plans just don't fit in with ours. What good does it do to pray, we ask. I prayed and prayed and prayed that my mom would get better when she was sick, and she never did, and she died. Why bother praying about it? Isn't that what keeps us reading, from reading our Bibles? It's when, when God's plans don't work out with ours. I'm so busy. I have work. I have kids. I have to take care of my family. I have sports. I have to have a little fun. Besides, I went to confirmation class. I went to Christian schools. I know what I need to. Maybe when things settle down a little bit and I have more time. Yeah. Isn't that what keeps us from worshiping with God, God's people more often? Maybe our busyness and our frustration with God's plan. Or maybe, maybe it's our frustration with God's people. 
somebody said something that hurt you. Or somebody didn't say something when you were expecting them to reach out to you and you felt ignored. And the thought that people that would treat you this way get to be called a good person really bothers you. And you think, why do they get to act like a Christian on Sunday and get away with what they did? It's frustrating. Or maybe it's not with someone else. Maybe it's with you that you're frustrated. You are disappointed and frustrated in yourself and God. You used to be stronger in your faith. At one point, you not only planned to remain strong in your faith, but you promised publicly that you were going to remain strong in your faith for your entire life. And then you fell away. You fell away from the habit. You fell into doubt. You fell into sin. And it felt like it wouldn't do any good to get back. It might be embarrassing. Certainly, it wouldn't be the same as it was. And you wondered, if God wants me to remain strong in my faith, then why does he let people fall? And it's at this point that Jesus turns. He turns from looking up and praying, and he turns and he looks right at you and says, come here, come to me. In the same sense that a parent who, who arrives at an accident scene when their teenager has wrecked the car and the kid is afraid that mom and dad are going to be mad, but all they care about is just that he's okay, just that he's alive. They say, come here, and they want to hold him. Come here, it's okay. Jesus says, come here. I've heard every last one of your prayers. Your prayers of praise, your prayers of frustration, your prayers of complaint, your prayers of need, even the ones without words when you've just said, ah! (laughs) I've been there. And I know that you want all of your burdens taken away. But that doesn't happen until heaven. Here's what I will promise you as I answer your prayers. I promise you rest. I I promise you that you can rest in the fact that none of your burdens are punishment for your sin. I was punished, Jesus says, completely for all of your sin on the cross. You never have to worry that God is punishing you in this life. That's all been taken care of. You can rest in the fact that as a baptized child of God, you are my brother You are my sister, Jesus says, and I am here to help you with all of your troubles, the big ones, the small ones, every one that you might have. I am here to help you. I will send the Holy Spirit to give you the wisdom you need to make decisions that please our Heavenly Father. I will strengthen you against sin, and I will watch over you with my angels until I come back for you. Come here, Jesus says. I know that you're busy. I've given you a lot to do. Your family, your church, your home, your work, your friends, they are all my gifts to you. And so are your burdens and your problems. They are my gifts to you because they make you realize that this world is not the perfect place to be. They help you realize your own weaknesses so that you look to somebody ultimately strong for your strength. And that's God. If you come to me in my word, 
If you come to me and worship, Jesus says, I promise, I promise I will help you in your busy lives. I will help you decide what's important and what is not. I will help you be at peace with what you cannot do. And most of all, I will help you by reminding you that your failures are on me. And I took them with me when I died at the cross. I don't expect you to do everything the world demands you of you. Simply love those around you with whatever time you have. Come here, Jesus says, to every person embarrassed or ashamed by sin. I know all of your sin. I even know the sin that that bothers you and the sin that you're not even aware of. And it is embarrassing. But I want you to know this, more importantly, you are forgiven. I took that burden on myself, and I will not hold anything against you, ever. I promise not to bring it up, even on the last day. Just like everyone here who believes in me, listen to these words, your guilt is removed and your sin is atoned for. And if you're not sure, Jesus says, come here. Take this and eat it. It's my body. Take this, it's my blood given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Come to Jesus today, he says, with your prayers of complaint and your prayers of praise. Come with your prayers for mercy and confess your sin. Come to him for everything you need and you will find a Savior who loves you, a Savior who who miraculously gathers his church to love and help each other, and a Savior who promises that you can always put your hope in him. Always, every day, every time. For the Christian, every day is a time for a come-to-Jesus moment. Amen.